mystery tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this 47th episode of the History Goes Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I am your host, Diane. And this is Denise. And on this show, we're talking about the Gunter Hotel, which you can find in San Antonio, Texas. Before we get into that, we wanted to cover a couple of things. First of all, Denise, it's good to be home, isn't it? Yes, it is. I don't have to ride hours and hours and hours in a car, but it sure was a fun trip. And it was very interesting. We did all of our recording and editing while we were driving to each location, except for when we were in Iowa and made the recording there. We were able to record that around a table, but we did the editing for it in the car. We can do it anywhere, pretty much now. I'm pretty confident. Yes, we can. (laughs) And something I wanted to point out, a lot of our listeners probably picked up on this, but we didn't really make it obvious because we didn't want to scare the kids too much or anything. But uh, my sister has said that they have had some haunting things happen in their house. Nothing happened while we were there. But our nephew, six-year-old Jacob, sees dead people. <laughs> so I don't know if people picked up on that, but the old man that he was talking about over at the neighbor's house when they lived in Colorado was not someone who actually lived there, even though he said yes that he lived there. He was not a member of the family, and nobody saw him but Jacob. Yeah, He did live there amongst the living. He just wasn't alive with the living. Exactly. And the interesting thing that I wanted to point out about the woman, the reason why I was asking him questions, it almost sounds like I was leading him, is because I was kind of trying to lead him. This is a woman that he not only saw in Colorado, but apparently she must be attached to him or the family in some way because she's in Iowa now too. And my sister has asked him about her, and he tells her that the woman has given him a message for my sister, but he won't tell my sister what it is. So what happened is, While Christy was telling us about the hauntings that she experienced in the jewelry store that she worked at, she got a call from her work and she had to take it. So she left the room and that's why all of a sudden we switched into, I'm asking Jacob about this woman and asking if she's ever said anything to him because I'm hoping that maybe I can pull out of him whatever that message was. And as you guys heard, he got to the point where he was going to say something and then all of a sudden it was, I don't remember, I don't know. And that was because Christy had walked back into the room. So we're not sure what the message is supposed to be, but this is a six-year-old who... He's been seeing these things ever since he could talk. I don't know if he's a sensitive or if he's just children are a little bit more receptive to that. But anyway, that's kind of what we were trying to get into on that show. But I didn't want to mention it too much while they were both sitting there because we were trying not to to freak the kids out. Especially since they have to live and sleep in that home. Exactly. And they were so excited to be a part of the show. So I didn't want to make it so they couldn't be a part of the show or something. So we tried to keep it from being a little too scary. Also, we have over, Denise, 5,000 downloads of the show in the month of May. That is fantastic. I I am so excited. Uh, Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. It's because you guys have not only been listening, but you obviously have been sharing it. And we greatly appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, We blew the socks, almost doubled our last record of downloads. So we're very excited (laughs) and just looking to do more of that in the future. Yes, we are. And thank you. Thank you. And we love your reviews over at Stitcher and iTunes. We did get a new five-star review at iTunes from Sammy LR. Says, I just discovered this podcast on a long road trip. Must have been 
on a similar road trip to us. <laughs> Maybe they were following us. It's Uh-oh. our stalker. Yes, Sammy stalks us. And these ladies made every mile enjoyable. Lots of history, lots of spooky stories. Couldn't be better. Thank you so much for that, Sammy. We appreciate that. We appreciate all the reviews you guys send us. It does help us to move up in the rankings. Head on over to the website, historyghostbump.com. Everything you want to know about the show. We're making this one pretty fast tonight. It's not going to be one of our normal at least 30 to 40 minute shows because we have literally 18 minutes left in our storage. Now, if you guys liked having more shows like what we gave you before and you'd like them to be longer in length, we can make more storage. We just need to have the show helping to pay for that, uh, especially because our budget does not open up for that at all, especially lately. We've been having some some stuff in the house. So uh, if you guys want more, we just need a little bit of help with that. You can donate over at historyghostbump.com. Denise, if anybody wants to give us feedback, where can they do that? At historygoesbump at gmail.com. Fabulous. Well, why don't we get started with this show? If you would like to support the show, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash history goes bump. Or perhaps you just want to make a one-time donation. Click the donate button on our website at historygoesbump.com. There are strange oddities in the parched desert of Death Valley. They appear to just be simple, large stones that weigh as much as a man and up to 700 pounds. But these stones do something peculiar. They sail across the desert. The reason people know the stones move is that they leave an indented trail behind them. Geologists and scientists have studied the stones, and at first they surmised that wind and ice caused the movement. That belief was put to rest when people began to notice that the stones made abrupt shifts in direction. The area is covered with dry cracked mud in the summer and ice in the winter. The stones even seem to move around each other. The trails they leave travel in more than just straight lines. They move in curves and circles as well. Their speed has never been clocked and no one has ever seen them move. What mysterious force is causing the sailing stones to move? We'll probably never know, but the whole thing certainly is odd. This History Podcast is haunted. This day in history. On this day, May 30th in 1431, Joan of Arc was burned at the stake for heresy. Joan was born to peasant parents, but she would go on to be one of the most famous women in history. Joan's rise to infamy started with visions. These visions featuring St. Catherine, St. Margaret, and Michael the Archangel told Joan that she was to support King Charles VII and free France from England. Joan went to war and rallied men to follow her in a time when women were not to do such things. Victories came swiftly and King Charles VII was crowned. France went on to become free. Joan of Arc, however, would lose her freedom. The English captured her and put her on trial before Bishop Pierre Cachon. Upon hearing that Joan heard voices and saw visions, and considering that Joan committed the high crime of cross-dressing, the bishop found her guilty and sentenced her to burn at the stake. She was only 19 years old at the time. Joan was tied to a tall pillar, and she asked two of the clergy present to hold a crucifix before her. A peasant made a small cross, and Joan put it in the front of her dress. Witnesses said that Joan was brave and stoic as the flames engulfed her. 
It was a travesty, and 25 years after the event, the Pope declared her innocent and stated that she was a martyr. She was then canonized and is considered a saint in the Catholic Church. The Gunter Hotel is a historic hotel owned by Sheridan that is located in beautiful San Antonio, Texas. The hotel provides high-end accommodations and amenities that include an old-time barber shop. There's more that meets the eye at the Gunter Hotel, though. A long history that includes a horrific murder mystery has led many to believe that the hotel is haunted. And based on people's experiences, this hotel very well could host at least one restless spirit. The location where the Gunter Hotel stands has hosted at least three different hotels since 1837. San Antonio is famous as the location of the Alamo. The dispute between Texas and Mexico over ownership of the land had come to war. The Texians put up a valiant fight and held the Alamo for 13 days. The Alamo did finally fall and all the defenders were killed. The brutality of the Mexican general who took the Alamo inspired the Texians to take up arms and fight, and Texas kept her freedom from Mexico. The Texas Revolution ended in April of 1836. It was in the year after the fall of the Alamo that the first hotel was built where the Gunter Hotel now stands. That hotel was called the Frontier Inn. The inn provided a great location that drew people from the east, and kerosene lamps were used to light the building. In 1851, two brothers from the Vance family bought the building and tore it down, replacing it with a two-story structure. Their goal was not to serve travelers, but the military. The army moved in and used the building as a military headquarters until 1872. The Vances then turned the building into a hotel, and this decision became highly profitable when the railroad came to town in 1877. The accommodations were considered first class and luxurious. In 1886, German immigrants Ludwig Menke and Lesher A. Trexler brought the hotel and renamed it the Menke Hotel. Trexler had a lot of experience when it came to hotels, and the business flourished. A man named Jot Gunter helped finance the building of a new hotel on the site, and so the new hotel that opened in 1909 was named after him. Gunter was a local rancher, so it seems fitting that the Texas Hotel was named for him. St. Louis architect Ernest Russell designed the building, which rose to eight stories originally. At the time, it was the tallest structure in San Antonio. In 1917, another story was added. The hotel was bought by the Baker Hotel Company in 1924, and they added three more stories to the building in 1926. In 1980, renovations were begun and lasted for five years. In 1989, the hotel was bought by the Sheridan chain of hotels who sold it to the Camberley Group in 1996. By 1999, the hotel was back in the hands of the Sheridan, and an extensive $8 million renovation was done. The hotel was added to the Register of Historic Places and continues to provide accommodation to this day. Before we get into the horrific murder mystery associated with this property, we wanted to point out an interesting fact. On a previous episode, we had discussed people in the music industry who had reportedly sold their soul to the devil to get his help in writing music and becoming famous. Robert Johnson is one of those artists associated with the legend of meeting the devil at the crossroads. He had absolutely no talent and could not play the guitar at all. After his meeting at the crossroads, he became an artist and guitarist who still inspires songwriters and musicians today. He met an early and untimely death that some claim was the devil collecting on his deal. Robert Johnson stayed in room 414 of the Gunter Hotel in 1936, and he held a historic recording session in that room. I just thought that was another one of our quote-unquote fun facts. Yeah, so we have a weird sense of fun, but <laughs> hey, you know. 
The murder mystery dates back to 1965. A man who signed himself in as Albert Knox was given room 636. He was young and blonde and checked in alone. He was later joined by a beautiful woman over the next several days. Many believe this woman was a paid escort. A maid had been unable to service the room for several days because the do not disturb sign had been left on the door. Finally, she decided to let herself in, thinking that perhaps the guest had forgotten to remove the sign. When she opened the door, she was met with a horrific sight. The bed was soaked in blood and the walls were running with blood. Beside the bed stood Albert Knox. He appeared startled by the maid's entrance. He grabbed a bloody bundle and pushed past her out the door. The police were called, and when detectives arrived, they could not believe what they found. Blood covered everything, and pieces of flesh were found all around the bathroom. A used twenty-two caliber bullet was on the bed, as were the strands of blonde hair and women's undergarments. Detectives quickly deduced that the woman who had been seen with Knox had been killed and that he had butchered and dismembered her body in the bathroom, flushing what he could down the toilet. The police figured out that Albert Knox was really Walter Emmerich, and they tracked him down at a hospital where he was under the name Robert Ashley. He shot himself in his hospital room before he could be arrested. Police never did find the body of the woman. Of course, you wonder, how in the world did he get into a hospital with a gun? Of course, that was... That was not recent time, but... Well, and the way the story went, it was almost like he had rented out a room there or something. So it was called St. Anthony Hospital. I'm not sure that it was a legitimate, like, real hospital. So... Well, the other thing is we are talking about Texas as well. That's true. Yeah. Very true. So... Since the Grizzly murder, guests and hotel staff have reported paranormal events taking place in the hotel, specifically in and around room 636. Many have seen a full-bodied apparition of a woman. She is seen many times with her arms outstretched as if she is asking for help. Maids are uneasy about cleaning the room and have experienced cold spots, been touched, and had their equipment messed with. Hammering is sometimes heard coming from that room, particularly when no one is staying in the room. The Sheridan Gunter blog reports, quote, Former staff member Jackie Contreras recalls an incident she had involving her and an apparition. One day back in 1990, she went to go check the room before important clients were to stay there that night. When she opened the door, she found the room pitch black. Odd, seeing how the maids typically drew the curtains back to allow sunlight in. As she fumbled around for the lights, the light from the hallway revealed a woman standing in the room. Contreras says the woman was looking straight at her with outstretched arms. She described her as being very old and slumped over and as pale as a sheet. Contreras ran out of the room and down to the front desk to ask if anyone had been staying in the room at the time. The attendants assured her no one had checked in. That same year, around Christmas, hotel employees were snapping photos together during the annual Christmas party. Once the photos were developed, one of the employees noticed a recurring, unexplained human figure in each photo, end quote. So this is another ghost that they think is haunting it that's of an elderly woman. So they think there's two ghosts that might be in this hotel. Well, definitely, if they have photos, it's pretty good evidence, unless photoshopping, but still. So does this female victim of a horrific crime still walk the earth on this side of the veil? Is she restless as she waits for her body to be found and justice? Is the Gunter Hotel haunted? That is for you to decide. So, Denise, the reason why we picked this show was because it's very short. <laughs> There's not a whole lot there, a little bit of a history, not a whole lot of haunting going on there. But I thought, you know, it's an interesting murder mystery. I mean, pretty horrific for the 60s and to happen in a hotel room. And I mean, this guy, he butchered her. It's just got to be really, really sick in the head to do this. And so I thought, well, this would be perfect since we needed a shorter show. And it was perfect as you spoke. Well, I haven't planned any shows for June. 
So our next episode is going to be a surprise, everyone. We'll see what we come up with. Also, I will let you guys know, I know Dan Foytick over at the Night Story Podcast almost has the show that I co-hosted with him about the dark side of nursery rhymes about ready to go. So I'll let you guys know when that's ready. Yes, and um, definitely tune into that. It's a great show, The Night Story, so highly recommended. And I found a new show, See You on the Other Side. It's a paranormal podcast, and one of the hosts of it is actually the guide for the Madison Ghost Walks. Oh, that's fantastic. So, Wisconsin, here we come. I'm going to get my cheese curds after all. Well, and I already tweeted <laughs> back and forth, and I think we're going to be on each other's show, so that'll be good, too. So we'll get him on to talk a little bit about the hauntings going on in Madison, Wisconsin. That would be fantastic. But I've enjoyed the show, so I recommend you guys uh, tune into that. Thanks for tuning into this one. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Denise. You take care now. Bye-bye. Check out the website at historygoesbump.com.